This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And I think Simi will actually be back in that time slot starting tomorrow. I think things go back to some form of normal. John McComb back from his trip, perhaps. And uh, Simi back at 10. Speaking of Simi, while filling in for John McComb, she was speaking with Drew Hasselback, who is an economics reporter and a legal post editor with the Financial Post, and talking to him about a story he put together, taking a look at technology and the fact that we know technology is constantly taking over jobs previously performed by humans. So how concerned should we be about a future where there is much more unemployment, unless we change things, and depending on what kind of job you do, there's a pretty good chance a robot will take over. Here's part of that conversation. In our research, we found all these occupations that lists the odds that those occupations will be replaced by robots. I can tell you announcers and other broadcasters, uh, probability of automation in the next 10 to 20 years only 10%, so you okay. probably safe. I'm going to knock one. That's good. That's a good thing. Uh, but what about all these other jobs, and how are robots actually going to create jobs? Well, what's happening here is a, economists would call this productivity. What's actually happening is that robots aren't replacing people. They're helping people do things more efficiently. So when you're more efficient, you produce more stuff, you sell more stuff, your employment levels can grow up. And, in fact, I visited a factory in uh, Quebec that makes uh, aircraft parts, and that's exactly what happened. They, they put, I think, 180 robots in this factory. Instead of getting rid of people, they wound up employing 50% more people because they were just making that much more stuff and selling that much more stuff. Okay, but is that going to apply across the board? Because usually when companies invest in automation, they're doing so so that they can get rid of human employees. Well, that would be if, if, if you assume that the tasks that you're doing, the tasks that you associate with your job, if, if your job is just the collection of those tasks, you might be in trouble. But the thing is, if you look at employment levels across the country and across history, um, automation does not reduce overall employment. So the tasks that you might have done once upon a time may disappear, but your odds of finding a job probably improve. And I'll give you a, a, a little example. Yeah. In a confederation, you know, so 150 years ago, 30% of Canadians worked in agriculture as laborers. Right now that number is less than 2%. Yet have, like, are one-third of Canadians unemployed? No. So people just find other things to do. And if the economy is more efficient and generating more prosperity... There are other jobs to find anyway. Right. So the tasks may disappear. Overall employment doesn't. So does that mean that we kind of need to value add our jobs, like make sure that we're not just doing things by rote or filling boxes? We have to make sure that we have the education that can help us do more. That's a very good point, actually, because what's happening is the robots and, and the computers, they're replacing the automated, easy tasks to replicate. So... If that happens, then you got to make use of your time in other ways, and you should probably make use of your time doing something more productive. Um, like everybody's got a in everybody's job, there's probably a short list of things that you just can't stand doing that are mundane. Well, if the robot could do that and it would free up your time, what else would you do with your time? So that's the question you got to ask yourself: What could I be doing that would actually make more money for my employer, for myself, 
And you should have that list somewhere in the back of your mind. Right. Is this the kind of thing that we need to be thinking about in terms of when we're teaching, when kids are studying, or is this something that we're just going to learn as it happens? Uh, no, it's, I think that's also a good point. Uh, it is something that you do have to teach towards because the way automation works is it replaces, um, like, a, like a machine replaces a process that was monotonous, you know, repetitive. Well, if you look at the tasks that somebody does, you have to think of it like a checklist. You know, when every time you go, you set out to do something, you do this, 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 and this. That's linear thinking. You know, computer science people would say that's an algorithm. And that math, that's why math and science is so important right now, because it teaches people how to think in a linear way. And that's what you're going to need to know in order to understand how robots are going to come into your life and, you know, work alongside you. Right, but we also, I guess a lot of times we don't know about what's going to be displaced or who's going to be dis- displaced until that technology is available. Well, that may be the case, although, like I said, if you go on our website accompanying our story, we have quite a detailed list of what the odds are that we think certain jobs are, um, you know, what, what jobs are most susceptible uh, to being replaced. Oh, and what are they? Um, well, geez, right now. You would ask me that because there's so many occupations <laughs> on here. I got to search the list now. Um, uh, I think people would like to know if they're on that list. You know, that's kind of what you're feeling. <laughs> well, if you Google "rise of the robot" and "financial post" and maybe even my name, Drew Hasselback, you'll find the list at the bottom. But I had pulled it up with the uh, the radio reporters because I wanted to tell about your situation. Uh, so, okay, uh, right now, insurance uh, top of our list, and there's several several of these that are. Uh, at a probability rating of 99%. It's quite a few, but insurance underwriters, data entry clerks, uh, camera plate making and pre-press applica- uh, occupations, uh, photographic and film processors. I didn't even know we still had those. Neither did I. Uh, and, and this is a dangerous one for me because my wife is a librarian, but library and public archive technicians. Oh. So, um, but uh, am I worried about my wife's job? No, because... The, what she has to do every day. There's a lot of it that's just menial tasks, you know, putting books on shelves and so on. Um, if she didn't have to do that, there are a lot of other things she can do, like decide which books they're going to buy. Right. And so, talk to people, right? Make recommendations, too. People absolutely. people want to talk to a person. They want to have information. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Google may be your best friend when it comes to research, but every now and then, you know, you do have to actually head on down to the library and talk to somebody and say, can you really help me with this? So um, there, there's, all, there's always going to be room for the people. I, I, uh, you know, the people are going to use the robots. The people are going to be helped by the robots, but the robots aren't always going to just take everything over. And, you know, Terminator 2 was a great movie, but... Uh, Terminator 2 was I, a great movie. That's a good I point. I don't know if it's our future. Not definitely our future. That was Drew Hasselback. He is an economics reporter and legal post editor with the Financial Post, taking a look at what jobs are most susceptible to being taken over by robots. And as he mentioned, you can Google his name or go to the website if you want to see the entire list of jobs that are susceptible. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.